So, but I, I never really got like too into whatever the top 40 was. I would listen to top 40 radio, but you know, while I was, I was in color guard, which was part of the marching band when in yeah. high school. So, you know, we'd have uh, competitions to go to on like a Saturday and you know, before a performance, they'd want us to, you know, be like, you know, calm and, you know, concentrate on right. your performance and all those things. So we, you know, they didn't want us to do a lot of talking, but we could sit there and listen to music. And I know that like my classmates were sitting there with like their CD Walkmans listening to like Eminem or, you know, whatever, you know, mid 80s top 40 were. And I've got mine with my, burned cds of stuff i downloaded from napster yes. uh, <laughs> there would be a random mix of stuff of like songs from like the music man and britney spears and weird al and the occasional country song and a beatles song you know all my friends are like oh you got the latest from like dr dre and i'm over here like i got running with scissors weird Al." so but i'm still like that too Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, though I'm sure he will come up because he normally does. And I'm talking to one of my fellow podcasters and uh I guess my Southgate Media sister, even though we're kind of Southgate Media's moving away. Uh, we'll right? always be connected by it, Rob Southgate. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, He's you know, the center of our universe. <laughs> he is. He is. So, Rachel, welcome to the show. Hey. Glad I could finally make it. Yeah. So, tell us a little about yourself. Oh, goodness. Where to start? Uh, <laughs> um, I like to use the term professional nerd. Okay. Uh, when, uh, people ask about like my hobbies and stuff, uh, yeah. and honestly, if I could find some way to pay me to be a professional nerd, I yes. would, I would work until the day I drop probably I'm right there with you. <laughs> so but uh, yeah, I mean, I love all sorts of different things. Doctor Who um, is one of my big ones. Uh, I'm a big Disney fan, uh, and pretty much everything that Disney owns yeah. <laughs> that comes from you know that's a big bubble now. Yes, it is. Uh, so that includes the MCU and Star Wars, and you know mm-hmm. all the other. Disney, classic yeah. Disney stuff. Um, yeah. And the list of th- new things, especially since I started podcasting, um, the, the list of things that I've been exposed to. And now I'm like, oh, I love this. Um, it's gross. 
every week. <laughs> it's <does>. exponential. <laughs> so uh, for my audience, share them what podcast you participate in. Um, I do the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. Um, so we're a weekly geek culture, uh, pop culture, entertainment podcast where we talk about various geeky and nerdy topics. Um, but hence the name, we are all women. So it's from the female perspective, um, giving female and female, you know, presenting, uh, female identifying, uh, geeks and nerds, yeah. uh, a voice, a platform to talk about things like, you know, Marvel and Star Wars and not feel like, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> like this is boy stuff. No. Geek, you know, geek girls are, are fans too. Absolutely. Um, and we've been going for slightly over seven years. So nice. we just actually today as we're recording this, so we, I, we just put out this week's episode, which is episode 341. Wow. <laughs> um, and that's just like the main, <laughs> that doesn't include like little side trips and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, content there to listen to, um, and a lot of it is fairly evergreen, actually, at least as far as the main topics are concerned. Yeah. Uh, news, maybe not so much, but. Um, and then uh, I also am part of Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast with uh, DJ Nick and Zan Sprouse. Um, and we've been at that slightly over a year and we're every other week and we are watching and reviewing every single Academy Award winner for Best Picture in chronological order. Yeah, I am so unhappy that I've had um, a couple of times where I was scheduled to join you guys and just medically you know, go, recovering from my surgery, I wasn't yeah. able to do it. And I'm just so unhappy because- um, We're only just, in 1962. So you yes, got a long ways I, before I, I, you I know, get we it. run I, out of content for you to yeah, jump in on. I guess so. <laughs> I, I guess we got a little bit of time, but yes, um, that that's, that's awesome. Um, I didn't ask you this beforehand, but I'm curious um, from a female perspective, you know, I have always been a massive Josh Whedon fan. Just, just uh, you know, loved Buffy, Angel, you know, Firefly, obviously. And I'm watching The Nevers, and you, it is difficult at times now to separate the creator from the creation. Mm-hmm. And so, do you and if you don't have any hot sports opinions or any thoughts i'll cut this out but i mean i don't as far as whedon is concerned because i i've never watched buffy okay um and i've seen part of firefly like over my husband's shoulder when he was watching it so the only thing that i've ever seen that i know of that he's done is he directed the first avengers yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah (laughs) which is easily easy to separate him from that movie yeah Um, exactly so yeah that's a we did a episode um earlier in the summer with um britney and crap now i can't think of her name i'm so sorry ladies uh the two ladies from popcorn psychology okay 
um, kind of ha just barely scratching the surface about like the you know this I yeah. you know si this environment that we have now where yeah. people are really divided on separate you know if a celebrity you know something comes out that yeah. they did something seemingly terrible yeah. what does that mean yeah um, as far as the fans relationship with the art and also the celebrities you know being canceled or not yeah <laughs> um and um you, I mean, you can go back and, and listen to that because I think it is, well, actually, I would say it's fairly evergreen, except yeah. we recorded it, and literally the day before, well, I was still editing it because it was fair, it's fairly long, yeah. um, but the day I was editing it and literally the day before we released it was the day they announced Bill Cosby had been released from jail. Oh, wow. So and we had talked like, about him yeah. in the episode. So <laughs> unfortunately, that aged really quickly even before the episode was released, but we released it anyway. That uh, is the joy of doing a podcast. Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> so a few years ago, um, a bunch of us Southgate Media hosts got together and we did a our, our, our genre blind spots. You know, like I have said, I've I've never watched the X Files. Mm -hmm. I've I've caught one or two episodes, but I've never seen that. You know, I've never read Lord of the Rings. You know, so you could be well. I've just never seen Buffy. I've never seen Buffy. I've never Angel. That just and yeah. and the reality is there is so much stuff out there. I at least as a fan had to come to peace with yes. There is probably great material out there that I will not get a chance to see, um, and that's just yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on what I'm enjoying and seeing instead of wasting mental anguish about what I haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, th there's you know with with doing the fight, especially the five ish fan girls, yeah. um, and uh, we're close enough in age that we're culturally we're yeah. in the you know we're fans of a lot of the same things um but because there is just enough age difference between the oldest of us and the youngest of us yeah um that occasionally somebody and the you know other factors too like geography and yeah work and stuff like chrissy she's a librarian so she's the person that He's usually the book person. Right. Because she literally works with books. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, Holly works in education, so she gets exposed to things from the students that she works with, that, you know, yeah. or of what, you know, current generation, you know, folks yeah. way younger than us. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been introduced and we're, we constantly joke about you know somebody be like oh i'm reading this new book series it's really great or i just discovered this new tv show yeah or uh you know even an older tv show that maybe you know i've known about and just never bothered to sit down and watch yeah um like um like i'm watching trying trying to get through to get caught up to watch the new stuff because the show came back leverage yeah um, is one that, you know, I was 
It's a fun never series. heard of. Yeah, I never yeah. heard of it before until the girls were like, "Oh, you need to watch this." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'll put it on the list." And then eventually they're like, "Hey, Leverage is coming back for like a yeah. special extra season." So I was like, "Oh crap!" Now I really got to get caught up. Uh, so I'm trying to work on that. But then you know, there'll be things like recently. I just I took like a it took me like a month, but I binged all of Golden Girls. Yeah. Because I could. And you wanted to, yeah. <laughs> Is, is that one of the reasons why you enjoy the Oscars telecast so much? Because, you know, you're getting a chance to see what perceived is the best film of the year. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't always understand it. Yeah. Why people perceive things to be the best, which yeah. is why we have that segment in there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think originally that was part of the idea of the concept of the show. I don't remember yeah. who it was that suggested it. Maybe me or I suggested something yeah. similar to it and Nick did it you know took it and you know yeah worked it into his exactly. idea of how the show was going to work anyway right where we were like well yeah we can talk about this movie that won but we should also talk about whether it should have won or not yeah. and what we think should have won instead um so and you know like I said we're at 1962 so we're 30 something yeah. episode, you know, movies in, um, not counting the ones we do for Patreon. And yeah. um, I, I'd have to look, but I think more often than not, I don't think that the one that won should have won. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> I've never, you know, I listened to the episodes, yeah. um, but I, I, I haven't kept a running tally. That's interesting. That's good. Yeah. After, after so many episodes, I'm like, I really should write down what scores I'm giving them and whether yes. I think it should have been one or not. Cause after, yeah. Yeah, cause I was like, um, cause I was even curious to see like how, you know, as far as my scoring, what, and I, mm-hmm. I, to this, to this point, I don't think I've given any of the actual Oscar winners anything higher than a nine. Yeah, I think the nice night is nine is the highest I've gone so far. Yeah, I was. It was really fun for me. I have not gotten a chance to hear y'all's discussion of the apartment yet, but it was really good for me to go back and see that film, and I just um, really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to hearing y'all's discussion on it uh that was one i was gonna try to join yeah so all right so rachel let's go back we're gonna go in the in the delorium or the tardis or whatever (laughs) you want talk about growing up where did you grow up and what kind of music and let's keep it what kind of genre did your parents listen you know watch and listen to how were you airily exposed to science fiction and what kind of music um let's see well i'm a native hoosier okay uh, so i've lived in and around the indianapolis area my entire life okay uh, so and i'm almost 40 so that's a long time living mm-hmm. in the midwest yeah. <laughs> especially you know we may be the crossroads of america but indiana is not a cultural a hot spot by right. any means um <laughs> we live for sports and deep frying things that's okay. like our you know that's the, the, the those are the hoosier uh tent poles um yeah. so <laughs> um but uh so growing up um my i think my mom was more the person who decided what kind of entertainment i would consume as a kid okay. um 
because uh, my dad was a cop okay. um, for the longest time. So, uh, you know, he worked odd hours and stuff. Um, but I grew up in the church. Okay. Being in the Midwest. Um, that's just what denomination? how we roll it. Technically my mom always said we were non-denominational. Okay. Um, the particular church I remember going to first as a kid though, I would say it's Pentecostal. Okay. Um, so, um, kind of not kind of uh, fervent okay um uh not evangelical yeah uh, but still kind of you know i remember you know they I, we had the choir uh, my dad was in the church choir um i performed in some of the christmas and easter pageants you know mm-hmm. when they need little kids running around you know here comes jesus on the donkey um you know, they the little kids in the village marketplace and yeah, you know, I could I'd be part of that. And it was part of the, the kids' choir and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so it was a lot of traditional, you know, and they and they were traditional hymns. Okay. Um, it wasn't until I got older and uh moved and went to a different church that would do slightly more contemporary Christian music, but that's still pretty much what I grew up with, which is Christian music and some popular music but it was very very like slim like I remember growing up with a record player Mm -hmm. and but the collection was pretty much my mom's and it was a lot of like your Debbie Boone yeah like that like Pat Boone yeah yeah Um, or Disney Yes. Like the most pop culture mainstream thing that I was mm-hmm. allowed to consume was like the class, you know, I'm yeah. the, the generation that grew up with the Disney Renaissance. So I had like the Lion King soundtrack and I'd have that on repeat. Yes. Over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, I think the most like mainstream music that I think I remember listening to as a kid was like the Carpenters and right. I think, you know, um, until, um, we got into at some point my mom got into country music started listening to country music and that came into the household and I was a a country music person for the longest time and again I think that comes from being growing up in the church being more conservative country music traditionally is very right-wing conservative yes um so I was hardcore into country uh for the longest for the longest time who are some of your favorite bands and artists. Um, I don't know if I necessarily had any favorites. Yeah. Um, I just was a via osmosis or my mom loves George Strait though. Okay. Like I knew everything that George Strait ever released mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> via osmosis, whether I wanted mm-hmm. to or not. Um, it wasn't until I got to junior high um, that I started experiencing more of like your top 40 pop and rock um, music from friends at school and um, visiting um, friends from even from church at their homes. Like it was at a church, like the youth group that I was in, this had to have been in the 
early to mid nineties, I think um, we went over to someone's house that had like, they lived kind of out in the country. So they had like a huge yard Yeah, and they invited just a bunch of us over like a Saturday afternoon. And we had like water balloon fights and squirt guns and just had a grand old time just running around, just splashing each other with water and everything. And then, um, you know, it's having a grand old time running through the sprinklers, letting kids just run around and be nuts. Um, But at some point, I think we went inside probably to eat, you know, because it was getting later or whatever. Um, And that was the first time I was exposed to Weird Al because we watched the movie UHF. Okay. I had no idea who this guy was and what this movie was about. (laughs) But that was my first first exposure to Weird Al. (laughs) that's pretty funny what time frame is this um like i said it has to be early to mid 90s because it had to have been before bad hair day was released which was released in 96 okay um because i remember my cousin who was like six months younger than me um and our grandmother um lived in florida by then and Mm -hmm. we happened i happened to be down there at the same time that she and her family were visiting and she had the bad hair day album okay and so i got to listen to it like on her little walkman cd player and i just thought it was the funniest thing i've ever heard in my entire life um, and I was like, oh, I think that's that guy in that movie I saw once. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that kind of cemented my, <laughs> like, I need to find out more about this guy. Um, but it wasn't until like the late nineties till I got into high school, actually, that I was able to, um, I started like buying my own albums Yeah. on my own. Um, anything before that was bought for me. So, you know, I had to ask permission. Sure. When, when you are kind of striking out on your own, what were you exploring and, and bring us up to date? What do you listen to now? Um, the first album that I remember and say, I don't think this was, I don't think I purchased it because my dad bought it, but my, yeah. by then my parents were divorced. So, you know, it's like, don't ask mom, ask dad. Because yeah. uh, sure. my mom was way more restrictive than my dad. Yeah. Um, but the first album that I remember owning for my own personal collection. Yeah. Um, that I didn't have to share with anybody else was a reissue of the soundtrack to the Beatles Yellow Submarine cartoon movie. Okay. Um, Fine. And I still own I still own that CD. Oh, nice. So, um, but I think that that was like ninety nine or something like that. Sure. I think was okay. when that reissue was. It was we bought it at like a Kmart. That tells you how old it was. Yeah. How long ago was? <laughs> so. Um, which I have no idea why I knew who the Beatles were and -hmm. what this was, why it was so insistent that my dad needed to buy it for me. But I just remember being very insistent that he needed to buy it for me. I asked my mom years later and she's like, well, you probably got again, kind of like George Strait discovered the Beatles via osmosis because it was one of the things that she was willing to be played in the house. Yeah. Um, As far as music that she thought was acceptable to my little 
virgin child ears that wasn't church music or something from disney um so um but yeah once i discovered the beatles like all bets are off <laughs> i think <laughs> you know and went in high school um yeah, I still was kind of a fan of some of the, the stuff that my classmates were into. Like I was a boy bander. Yeah. You know, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Yeah, I'm a bit too young for new kids on the block. Uh, I think I'd be, I'd be about five years old, you know, older yeah. for that, for them. Um, but definitely the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Um, the Spice Girls. I loved the Spice Girls in high school. Okay. <laughs> I so desperately wanted to see them in concert when they came came through indie, um, and uh, we just couldn't swing it. And I, you know, to this day, that's still I'm still hoping for a reunion tour so that I can so fix you can that. go see that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is greatness. Yeah. Um, so, and I've always been a fan of like musicals. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, that comes from kind of the Disney thing. Uh, my dad uh, liked musicals, so mm-hmm. we share uh, we share a, a uh, love for the the film, The Music Man. Oh yeah, great uh, musical. Yeah, yeah, it's one of his his favorites. Um, that's one of mine too. Um, so, but I I never really got like too into whatever the top forty was. I would listen to top forty radio, but yeah, you know, while I was I was in color guard which was part of the marching band when in high school so you know we'd have uh competitions to go to on like a saturday and you know before a performance they'd want us to you know be like you know calm and you know concentrate on your performance and all those things so we you know they didn't want us to do a lot of talking but we could sit there and listen to music and i know that like my classmates were sitting there with like their CD Walkmans listening to like Eminem or, you know, whatever, you know, mid to late nineties, sure. top 40, whatever. Yeah. And I've got mine with my burned CDs of stuff I downloaded from Napster. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there would be a random mix of stuff of like songs from like the music man and Britney Spears and Weird Al and the occasional country song and a Beatles song. Right. So, <laughs> you know, all my friends are like, oh, you got the latest from like Dr. Dre. And I'm over here like, I got running with scissors, Weird Al's new album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So but I'm still like that too. My, uh, junior who is one of the co-hosts of my how many podcast is huge big al fan and you know has seen him and just yeah loves weird al and just was saw him and just was is so happy yeah you remember back in the early days of like youtube i think yeah um when people were figuring out how to use the internet obviously been around for a while yeah but like youtube and like social media um you remember for a while there there was this run of just randos um just random people of various ages and you know ethnicities and whatever uh tended to be younger of people asking out celebrities 
mm-hmm. to like their prom or their homecoming right. or like, you know, I'm in the military and we've got a, you know, the officer's ball or something and yeah. I'm not married, uh, you know, you know, whoever hot celebrity at the time was, you know, will you be my date? Right. Um, there was, a, there was a thing for like a, you know, a year or something. Absolutely. Um, I did that. Okay. But old school with a paper and pencil, sticking it in an envelope and sticking it in the snail mail. Yes. Asking Weird Al to be my date to my prom. Oh, how fun. I never got a response. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I just recently talked to Sarah Hickman, who is a musician from Texas. And she talked about when she was very young she must have seen oh god or something and she fell in love with george burns so she went got his mailing address and sent him a letter and she goes she included directions to her house like this is how you can get to my house because we'll like she must have been eight nine ten maybe you know and how to get and he actually replied back actually answered her so yeah and then on the podcast she tells the story um she was talking about him when she was on when Pat Sajax had a talk show at the time Mm -hmm. and they arranged for her to go meet George Burns. And so, and she just, it was, she said, you know, it was everything you could have wanted. She was like, you know, because this young of her and he was just, he was kind and and sweet and it was just amazing to her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's nice. So, Hey, maybe weird Al. You know, yeah. I, like, I actually have got to meet Weird Al, but it was oh. a re, it was a really, really short encounter, and my brain short circuited. Okay, um, you got to tell so, that story, Rachel. Yeah. Um. So it was after, uh, the oh, this was like this. This was the second time that Chauncey and I had seen him. This was the third time that I'd seen him, though. Um. And it was uh, a show with a mirror. Um, and it just so happened, obviously, this is not the case now, even yeah. pre pandemic. Um, but um, his bus was just parked okay. like, right outside the building, and a bunch of people were lined up. Uh, so we just jumped in line. So there was just a bunch of people in the parking lot after the show, and he was just like hanging out in the doorway of oh, the bus. Just, you know, you walked up, and he signed autograph. And you know, if you, you know, phones at the time were way more crappy, so unfortunately, the one photo we have is not yeah. the best. Um, but yeah, we got up there, and he's sitting there on the steps, you know, on, of his bus with the door open, and I just like. Uh, oh, how funny. You know, and Chauncey is just like laughing mentally in his head. Like, you finally got to meet Weird Al and you've completely just short circuited on your brain. <laughs> so, well, so I need a redo. Yes. <laughs> so, so I can be more mentally prepared next time and tell him how I'm still waiting for an answer to my prom request. So, um, I apologize. Skip ahead about five minutes, listeners, if you don't want to hear the story again. Um, Bruce Springsteen was coming to Austin for a book Mm -hmm. signing. Now, he technically had pre-signed the books. So all you did was you, you stood in line, 
you got a meet and greet, you know, you shook his hand, they took your picture and then next, then they handed you a signed copy. Yeah. So, um, Dallas to Austin, you know, three hours roughly. And so the whole time I'm just practicing what I'm going to say, like, you know, just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm in the godfather, you know, where the guy before the, you know, like, may your child be a masculine child. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just him. And, uh, so, um, I was ready. Um, and then, you know, I barely got four seconds into it before next, but, you know, as I've told many times, I needed to say it out loud more than I needed him to hear it. Mm-hmm. But I, but I do have two pictures of, you know, me, one, me talking to Bruce and one staring right ahead. So, you know, so at least I was a little bit prepared and ready. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's funny. Yeah. So, um, Besides Weird Al, other favorite bands, other favorite musicians? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> you can see it. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, the listeners will not be able to see it, but I am wearing one of my Metallica t-shirts. Yes. Um, which, if you had told me 13 years ago that this would be the case, I would have laughed at you. Right. Um, wholeheartedly. Um, I knew of Metallica. Right. I knew their name. I knew they were like a metal band, which was never a genre that I was into. Yes. Um, at all. And uh, 2008, May of 2008, I meet Johnsty. Uh, we were in this, uh, the same classes in, in college. Uh, so that's how we met. And we started dating. And, you know, early on, you know, go on some dates and you're like, oh, what are you into? You know, movies and stuff. Like he yeah. asked me out the same day that the first Iron Man movie was released. Yeah. So he was going to see the movie with his friends that night. So he asked me out and he's like, are you in Facebook? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, we'll connect on there. Um, and then he had to go because he already, you know, he had plans with his friends. Yeah. Um, but then he got back from the movie and immediately found me on Facebook and we connected on, you know, on Facebook and got messenger. And he was just telling me, it's like, Oh, I went and saw Iron Man and this movie's, you know, movie's amazing. Yeah. And you know, now I'm a huge, I'm a bigger MCU fan than he is. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I was, was crazy. Say, were you a fan at the time? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> just like I was not a fan of Metallica. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, you know, early on, he's like, I love Metallica. And I was like, okay uh i was like yeah i knew like the chorus to enter sandman and that was it (laughs) so i i I have to say this rachel just because it is mandatory my son went through a phase where he loved metallica like when he was in seventh and eighth grade you know and uh I swear, you know, I go next in line. It's like, no, dad, that's not the lyric. I swear. That's what I'm hearing. You know, (laughs) Uh, he, he, um, I think he still has every once in a while pulls up Metallica just um, the same way. As I said, I, I went to kiss on Friday night. I had probably not listened to a kiss album in probably 10 years, but Mm -hmm. 
16 and 17 year old Jesse was, hey, let's go here, rock and roll all night. And, you know, I hope they do shout it out loud. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's fun. So yeah. I would say if you were to drop me in like a Backstreet Boys concert, I would know all of the lyrics. Yes. Ask me to do high school algebra. I would be screwed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's wonderful. Um, so anyway, you you have um, a new I have this new boyfriend. And, yes, and you decide. Okay, we're he's gonna. Like, I like, really like Metallica. Yeah, he's like, I really love Metallica. And he's like telling me all about it, how amazing the band is, and everything. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, and to like ease me into it, the first thing he introduces me to is S and M. Okay. Because he knew I was in marching band. So right. he's like, it's Metallica with a symphony orchestra. So maybe this would be more palatable, which it was because for the longest time, that was the only album I would let him play in the car. Okay. If we were in the car long enough that it required music to keep us entertained, and he would, you know, he was like, you know, reaching for the Metallica, you know, mm. black album or, yeah. you know, ride the lightning. I'm like, no, SM! Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah and he uh he ended up taking me because that was also the same year that death uh yeah death magnetic was released which was their first album in like four or five years i think okay Uh, it'd been a while since they've released something new Mm -hmm. uh so he was very excited um and so he's like will you go with me i'm like yeah sure okay because you know you know how it is when you're young and in a relationship and you're like yeah I really want to impress this guy um so that was October of 2000 no November November 2008 okay um we had to go all the way to Columbus Ohio all right (laughs) that was the closest they were coming um so he took, we drove all the way out there in my dinky little sedan. Um, and he was the entire time, he was just so excited. And I'm all like, yeah, whatever. There's some photos of us that, that he t- took while we were in the car. And he's just like, ah! you know, big old grin. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember who opened for them. They had a couple opening bands and they were just awful um i couldn't stand it i wore earplugs the entire time um and he was just yeah we were we were in seats thank goodness um but you know the people around us are just even in the seats the people around us are just like losing their freaking mind right. and the entire time i'm like okay where are they gonna play the one song i know and if you know anything about metallica set list you know for the longest time, Enter Sandman is the show closer. Okay. So that means I had to wait till the end of the show to hear the one song I kind of knew. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he took me to that. Um, and I was like, okay, that's good. You know, pat him on the head. Like, yeah. okay, honey, I did the thing. Um, and he was so excited. And then they ended up coming through Indianapolis, like, the following year okay or something like that on the same tour and i was like no i'm not going uh but his brother and his cousin and her husband ended up coming into town to go and they told me all about it the day after when we went out to eat um and i'm like that's nice but somewhere in between that 
and um, 2017. <laughs> this is a long time, you know, because this is the first show is 2008, but sometime between there and nine years later. I don't know if he just, I don't want to say he broke me down, like yeah. waterboarded me <laughs> musically. Because yes. yeah. that, that would that would say like, I go, you know, I'm reluctant. Yeah. <laughs> I am genuinely a fan now. <laughs> Can, but it wasn't like a conscious thing. It was just via osmosis. Was, and I, I, think being, I think it was just being exposed to the music maybe not so in the deluge that it was when we first started dating where he's right. like, okay, and this album, this album, this, and he's showing me like the, some kind of monster documentary where like the band's falling apart. James mm-hmm. ends up having to go to rehab, yeah. you know, <laughs> and all these things, you know, it was just a rush of Metallica early on. Um, but it, I think it was more just over time and just letting me get exposed at my own pace and learning about the band and uh, listening to interviews and hearing the guys talk yeah, um, and that sort of thing. And eventually from, you know, you know, you know, nine years later, we are doing two shows within a, you know, a month of each other uh, <laughs> during the worldwide tour. So, <laughs> so. I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking of right. That the, how you can build a tolerance up to like a poison, like you have a little bit at a time, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, like, oh, and now I'm immune to like this. Like cane powder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, inconceivable. Yes. Uh, I, um, well, Except I'm I, actually enjoying the poison. Yes. You know what I, what I, I was, I was hoping and, um, and it's because I, I say this often, two kinds of people, the people that go to their first Bruce Springsteen show and go, wow, that was long. And then the others go, oh my goodness, I can't believe I want to go see him live every time I can. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh, she's going to tell me that going to see them live, you know, went all of a sudden, oh, now I get it. But uh, it was just through slowly time. Mm -hmm. Now, um, have you seen them since you've started liking it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this point, I am at two, three, four, five, six shows since Chauncey and I first started dating. So nice. five shows since that first reluctant show um, and two more shows later this year. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, I've gone from like, oh, my God, is this over yet? Please play the one song I know. Can we go home? Wear yeah. earplugs to, yeah. We did the we did the the summer of 2017. They were doing the uh, worldwide tour, so they were doing the football, baseball stadiums. Right. So huge shows, you know, outdoor, lots of pyro, mm-hmm. um, all that fun stuff. Um, the first show we did with uh, said cousin and husband of yeah. of my husband's. Um, who are also huge Metallica fans um, in Chicago at Soldier Field, okay. um, which was wild because we were doing standing room mm-hmm. down on the fleet, down on the field, um, which was fine during the opening act, which the first opening act was some local band that 
got the honor of being okay. first, I guess. Um, and then Avengers Sevenfold was like their, you know, actual opener that people knew who they yeah. were. Um, and then when actually Metallica came out and they first started, it wasn't too bad. But the minute the mosh hits started, right. the mosh circles started, I couldn't stay where we were standing anymore. Okay. It was just, I was, I was getting stepped on. I, yeah. I, I started having a panic attack. So mm-hmm. we had, we had to lose our prime you know, position that we'd been standing there for like hours, yeah. you know, try to get be as close to the stage as possible. But it was just, it was just too, too dangerous in my mind. So we ended up having to move. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that wasn't too bad. Cause we ended up near the uh, tent where the, soundboards were uh Good, so yeah. <laughs> people aren't gonna run into those yeah exactly <laughs> so, yes um but uh we so we did that show uh but then we said that same tour we saw that same show again slightly under a month later in detroit at comeric park mm-hmm. um this time it was just chauncey and i um but this the second the second show in detroit uh, because we're both in the fan club, mm-hmm. um, which Chauncey has been a fan club even back when you had to pay to be in it. So he's okay. actually grandfathered in and considered a legacy member, uh, okay. which comes in handy. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, because legacy, you know, it, anybody can join the fan club now for free. But okay. when they go to do giveaways and stuff, they will give priority to legacy members. So that's handy to have that in your back pocket there. Um so uh he ended up winning um we got uh again we were going to be on the ground uh jostling for you know a little piece of real estate Mm -hmm. uh but we got upgrade really it was an upgrade to the snake pit okay uh which you have to imagine the stage you know you have your traditional like you know wide stage yeah, yeah, so that you know James can you know and all of them they can go back and forth and look at you know see all the crowds and everything, um, but the stage also juts out, mm-hmm. with like this this peninsula, and um, but inside that peninsula is an open standing area. Okay, um, so that's the snake pit. So right. it was limited in the number of people who could be in there. Yeah, you, know, you had to get, you had to win like right. the wristbands. Um, although I think you could pay for it too, but again, it was still limited. Um, and you were paying out the nose <laughs> for sure. it too. Um, but that was just so cool because then we were literally surrounded by Metallica because they could walk. You know, they would either be in front of us. And you know, obviously Lars stays where he is because <laughs> right. he's on the drum kit, but at the front of the, you know, the tip of the peninsula, uh, <laughs> this is sounding very phallic, but kind of is, oh. um, there was a second drum set like built in the stage. So it could like, okay. reprise it up so that Lars could occasionally be out there and play to those people too, who were out there. Um, but it was very, very cool uh, because it, you could, you know, the, the band members, you know, the ones that aren't tied down could walk around. So, you know, we've got photos of us where, you know, Chauncey's, you know, he's got his back to part of the stage and Rob is like right there, you know, with his braids just flopping all over the oh, place, kicking at the base. Uh, so it was really, it was really, really cool. And that show, 
Um, it was, they had Avenged Sevenfold again, but they also had Volbeat, mm-hmm. who I had been introduced to from Chauncey, who had been introduced to from Metallica. Uh, they had been on like a talk show or a podcast or something, and somebody asked like, oh, you know, where are some bands, up and coming bands that you really like? And they mentioned Volbeat. Mm-hmm. And um, Chauncey started listening to him and I would hear it. And he's like, oh, listen to this. And I was like, oh, this is really cool music. Yeah. Because uh, they're like this Swedish, like folk heavy metal okay. <laughs> band. <laughs> so uh, they're, it's very cool. They've got some very awesome songs. Um, and when they announced this tour, they're like, yeah, we're touring with Avenged Sevenfold and Volbeat. But it wasn't like both of those every show. Um, so we were like, well, we'll do Chicago so we can do it with Beth and Joe. But then it was like, oh, we can do Detroit because that's one of the shows that Volbeat's going to be at. <laughs> so we can see Volbeat. So, yeah. but that was, that was very cool to be in the, the, the snake pit. I mean, that's a once in a lifetime. That's very cool. Opportunity do, really. Uh, do they change their setup list up a lot or is the show pretty consistent from, you know, on, I know tours, they may be different, but like when you saw them twice on the same tour, is the set list similar or? It's, I would say most of the time it is. Okay. Um, but um, it doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> uh, because it's so, it, it's, it's, it's the music, but it's also how you experience the music and being even though we were technically seeing just the same show over again that we just saw a month before um, being in that perspective. Sure. Just made it a whole different, it could have been a completely different show. So one of the things I ask pretty regular on when I have a Springsteen guest is are the, he is the, he is legendary for changing a set list fairly Mm -hmm. often. Um, so, um, probably only about 60% of the show is the same night to night and the other 40%, he rotates different songs and things. So are there songs you're chasing? Like, is there songs of my Metallica, you, or your, uh, wonderful partner would lose your shit if like, I can't (laughs) believe they're playing this live. Um, I know for Chauncey, yes, um, I think his white whale, uh, I know there's a few, but the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Unforgiven 2. Okay. Um, they do Unforgiven a lot. Okay. Um, and then they did Unforgiven 3, a very stripped down, almost acoustic version um, for the SM2, which was the 20th anniversary concerts back okay. in 2019. Um, but the Unforgiven is there's kind of this unofficial, official trilogy of songs. So there's okay. Unforgiven, Unforgiven 2, and Unforgiven 3. Okay. Um, oh, spread over three different albums, but time wise, that's like a huge mm-hmm. um, time frame from the, the first one to the third one being released. Okay. Um, but they've done Unforgiven 2 in concert like a couple of times, but it's not one that's usually in okay. the rotation. Um, 
So, and then Unforgiven 3, they've never done, as far as I know, outside of the SNM anniversary concerts. Okay. Um, so Unforgiven 2 would definitely be one of Chauncey's white whales. Um, I've actually gotten my white whale. Okay, what was <laughs> because, that? Because of the SNM anniversary concerts, because those are the most recent shows that we've been to. Um, because uh, we had seen Metallica actually earlier in 2019 when they finally came back through Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're like, oh, this is awesome. Um, you know, we, we did seats, um, but they were pretty good seats. Um, and um, they did uh, Ride the Lightning, which was one I'd been waiting to hear. Uh, I knew it would come around eventually. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but they did ride lightning, which isn't that unusual to hear. Um, it's just one that gets, it's one of those, one of those ones that it's plucked out. They've got like, I would say maybe, you know, I, it depends on the show, but I'd say if, you know, if they're doing a dozen to 15 songs per show, I would say, you know, three or four are swappable with okay. probably a good half dozen songs. Um, but for the most part, yeah, the set list will stay okay. <laughs> pretty much the same, especially the encore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and uh, towards the end too, like Master Puppets is almost always towards the end. Okay. Uh, and the crowd always loses their shit. It doesn't right. matter what, where, when, how many times these people have seen Metallica. For some some reason, Master Puppets just makes the audience lose their shit. Yeah. I do not know why. Uh, <laughs> they did a whole fan officially. They did this whole like bracket thing, you know, fan voting, trying to figure out what's the best Metallica song of all time. And Master Puppets ended up winning, which I could have called that all the way at the beginning. Okay. Uh, I was not surprised <laughs> at all. I don't know what it is about that song. People just lose their freaking mind. Um, but yeah, the encore is pretty much always the same. Um, it's uh, with um, Ender Sandman always closing out the show. Yeah. It has for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but uh yeah, so we saw that we saw them March of 2019, and we're like, oh yeah, cool, yeah, that's cool. You know, we haven't seen them since you know a couple of years prior. Yeah. You know, this is awesome. Um, and then, like a month later or something like that, there there's this huge announcement. They're like, hey, yeah, the new basketball stadium that we, you know, the city of San Francisco has spent these million dollar millions of dollars on for our uh basketball team we're going to christen it with uh a metallica show with we're doing a 20th anniversary concert with the san francisco symphony in for the 20th anniversary of snm and and yeah and immediately chauncey's like can we go like well yeah yeah (laughs) if we can get tickets yeah (laughs) so you know once again grandfathered in legacy fan club member yes <laughs> priority access when it comes to ticket sales uh but he let me handle all that um so i managed to snag us two tickets to the show 
uh, they were nosebleed, but it was like, it doesn't matter. We're You're going. in the building. It's, yep. it's, yeah, we're in the building. It's the 20th anniversary of SNM. This is going to be like a once in a lifetime thing. Um, that tech, that show sells out like immediately. Um, it even in my mind, I'm like, they're going to have to add a second show, even for the first SNM, even pre internet. Yeah. It was so popular that they had to add a second show. Uh, so I was like, they're going to add a second show. And then, you know, like the next day they're like, yeah, we're going to add a second show. It's going to be like two nights late, you know, like two nights later. And I'm like, okay. Uh, but then for the second show, they're like, okay, second show ticket sales, fan club members only. So they were trying to keep, they were trying to keep out the bots Yes. to get into the system and just buy up everything. Um, and then turn around and sell it, you know, for double face value. Yeah. Um, so they're like, okay, you want to, you, you, know, you want to get tickets for the second show? You got to be a fan club member. You got to sign up. We're gonna draw people, you know, fan club members. If you get drawn, you'll get a code, and you'll be able to. And thankfully, um, I think it was me the second time around that got a code uh, for the sale from the second time, second show. So we ended up snagging really amazing seats for the second show. Um, and for a while there, we thought about maybe selling the first set yeah. to help cover some of the costs because the San Francisco, God love you. Uh, you're an amazing city as far as culture and everything, but it is one of the most expensive cities in the entire country. It is. Yes. <clears throat> it is ridiculously expensive. Um, and we'd been to San Francisco before when Chauncey had had to go for work. So we both right. knew how expensive it was just to eat Right. anything in yeah, the city much less a hotel room and yeah, exactly yeah. exactly exactly well hotel room was covered the first time because he was going for work thank goodness okay yes uh so but we were doing an airbnb for this trip okay. um which still helped uh yeah. with the cost but we're like maybe we can sell these first ones and then we got closer and closer and closer and the hype was building and eventually we're like do you really want to sell these tickets? No. Yeah, me neither. Good. Let's just do both. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we ended up doing both. So we got to do the first show from like really high up so we could see everything because the show was in the round. Right. So they were in the smack dab of the center of the basketball court um, and the you know, fans were surrounding them so we could just see everything and the big screens above them and all the lasers and, and stuff. So we got to see it from up high the first night and then the second night, we're like eye level. We're like like in the first couple of we're like in the first section, like right off of the floor. Uh-huh. So there's people sitting in seats on the floor, and then as you start getting up, up off the floor, like we're in that first section, right up off nice. of the floor. Um, so we got to see we were essentially like eye level um, with you know, the orchestra and the conductor and Metallica and everything. And actually we ended up being like a few rows down and over from uh, Ray Burton. Yeah. Who was Cliff Burton's father. Okay. Um, which Cliff Burton was Metallica's original bassist who died. Oh, uh, very when they, nice. When, they, when their bus crashed okay. early on in their career. Um, uh, but Ray has been a huge part of trying to, you know, keep Kurt's legacy Oh, that's uh, nice. going so yeah ray was actually really close to us <laughs> and they actually ended up doing a, a song in tribute to cliff uh so it was really cool because we knew it was coming the second time so yeah. instead of watching them we just turned our heads and we we're just watching to see ray's reaction sure. to this wow. tribute to his son who's been you know gone for like 30 years 
um, that was part of this band. So it was really, really cool. And actually Ray's passed on since then. So that was really cool to be able to you know, be sitting near him um, for that. Um, but for me, my white whale, long story <laughs> to get to my white whale. My white whale was No Leaf Clover. Okay. Which was a song they wrote specifically for the first S&M. Mm-hmm. And is one of my absolute favorite songs off of the SM album. Yeah. Um, if not one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time. So okay. because it was written exclusively for the first SM, um, it was performed at the first one. That it's not one that's in the regular rotation. But right. they started to put it in some of the set lists on the tour in between when we saw them in Indy mm-hmm. and those SM two shows. And I was, you know. We were all like, oh, I wonder, you know, they haven't played this song in 20 years. I wonder if they're throwing it in there so they can get back into, you, you know, figuring, you're figuring out how to play this song that they yeah. have not played in 20 years. Uh, so, yeah, uh, did to hear that my my white whale song two nights in a row. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that is so pretty, awesome. It's pretty awesome. That's, that's great. So. So I don't really have any white whale songs now. No, that, that um, sounds awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I do have songs that I really love to hear. Yes. But... Yeah. Yeah. This has been great. I, I yeah. love your passion. I love how this has become something you guys share together. And like I said, you know, if you told me 13 years ago. Yeah. That, you know, you start dating this guy, that one, you're going to become a huge fan of superhero comic book based movies. Yes. I would have laughed at you. Right. Um, and you're also going to be a huge fan of Metallica, fit, you know, a huge Metallica fan owning multiple t-shirts. I mean, the shirt I'm wearing is the shirt from S&M 2. Right. I mean, this is the logo from the, the, the show. Right. Uh, so, and I've got multiple Metallica shirts. I've, I think I have enough to take with me when we go to, because that's what we're doing is San Francisco again. Yeah, uh, the shows that we have coming up because Metallica is now celebrating their 40th anniversary. That's awesome. Of being a band, so they're doing uh, two exclusive shows again, not quite back to back. They're having the one night in between, but it's at the same venue. Oh, that's uh, great. That we that we did last time in San Francisco. So it's but it's the big 40th anniversary concerts. You know, obviously pandemic permitting uh yes <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yes. i'm not too concerned about that at this point i really think the show will happen i think there will be yeah. a lot of restrictions put on it as sure. far as who you know who will Where's actually your be allowed. do you have your covid vaccine, yeah proof of vaccination yeah. and everything yeah. um but yeah it's it's really exciting to think that we're gonna get to to and we're doing both shows again and this time we're having the same they they did a thing so if you did both shows you're in the same seats both shows oh nice well very good that'll be interesting that'll be very good all right um this has been great i appreciate it i i i now i i want to have you back and after you see the show and share um oh yeah before, before i let you go i i um, have to ask you the Mary question because that's yes. how I end every episode. Yep. Uh, if you are a fan of Gold Standard or the Fanish Five uh, girls that you're fangirls and you're going, what's the Mary question? Well, um, first off, thank you for listening. Um, Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher who's recently retired, but he's from the Philadelphia area and his seniors 
would spend two days breaking apart Bruce Springsteen's Thunder Road. They would listen to the song. They would read the lyrics. They would treat it as a poem, uh, compare it to Robert Frost, look at the imagery and all the themes that Bruce explores. And at the end of the two days, he looks at the class and says, does Mary get in the car? So Rachel, that was your homework. Mm -hmm. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? We put this nicely. Uh, sure as hell hope not. Okay, please. <laughs> please expand. I could see how she would be tempted. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I, I know there's a line about, oh, we're not so young anymore, but I, I think this is really from the perspective of somebody who is young, but yes. probably feels like their life is wasting away and they might as well just be dead. You know, yes. Living. I imagine them living in this like little podunk little town in the middle of nowhere where, you know, the population is probably a couple thousand and everybody right. knows everybody's business. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, if we stay here, we're just going to die of boredom. Um, and, you know, there's this guy that is, you know, he's like, oh, I got a car and I know how to play guitar. Right. And I'm sure she probably finds that very attractive. Um, you know, to her, that may seem like, oh, it's a ticket out of here. But it's, I'll, there's just a lot of red flags yeah. <laughs> that yeah. this relationship would not, it may get her out of this town. Yes. But it's not going to give her the life that she thinks she's going to get. So I will send you um, the one of the uh, listeners, uh, Bex Goose, um, actually said, "Oh my God, he'll kill her if she gets in the car." You know, so yeah. send you her right up. I don't know about that. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't think it's those kind of red yeah. flags. It's more like they're, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's got these. You know, he's like, I got this guitar. I've learned how to make it talk. Yeah. But making it as a musician is really, really hard. Sure. You know, odds are that odds are they'd either be, you know, crashing on people's couches or living in seedy motels. You know, it's true. Bouncing from town to town, just trying to make a buck to make ends yeah. meet. Um, you know, That's... odds are she'd probably end up pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to the river, uh, you know, that's what happens. So, yes, uh, if it's certain Mary. Yeah. So, which, Rachel. you know, it, for me is just, ah, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, Mary, run, turn around and run. And a better opportunity will come I love besides that. this guy. I love that. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? Oh, good heavens. Um, the easiest is via the five-ish fangirls, um, which we are at the five-ish fangirls.com. Okay. And then there's a about us page that has all of the show social medias, but then each of us have our individual okay. social media links on there as, as well. So, and then of course, um, if you want to listen to the show, it's available wherever you find podcasts, the five-ish fangirls podcast um and then gold standard uh just uh we think we just i think we just have a twitter and facebook yeah, I think so. yeah. for that absolutely uh, so just look for gold standard the oscars podcast and again available wherever you find podcasts 
Rachel, this was a blast. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate think I was going to go off on that crazy story about Metallica, but hey, yeah, you know, I'm so glad. My husband's going to listen to this and he's be like, he's going to be like, that makes me so be, happy. He's going to be so happy. Yes. <laughs> he's going to be so, happy. so. you know, you did. I've get converted the, her. You, you did get in the car <laughs> and you did go on the ride. So that's nice. You just got to so, be careful because, uh, you know, the the uh, sensei may surpass the master. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, uh, Rachel. Thank you so much. Listeners, please go get vaccinated. Go wear your mask. Remember to wash your hands. To, yes, wash your hands. Be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.